We are New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. A community church in the city of Chicago, all over the city, for the good of the city. Right now, we are in the midst of our series, The Ten Commandments. Bum, bum, bum. A look at the original commandments and how they align with Christ's law. Wherever you're listening, I hope you are blessed by this message. My name is Ignaz, and today I'm going to be bringing you the Word of God. If you remember, for the past four weeks, we've been going through uh, the Tenth Commandment, the Decalogue. And this is, can you hear me? Okay. The Tenth Commandment, and this is to help us discover the principle behind each commandment, right, and to show us that they are just as relevant as uh, they are just as relevant today as they were thousand years ago. So this ten commandment, also called Decalogue, like we said earlier, you know, it's just a way to show us how to live our life in this world. You know, and there's also, most importantly, they show, they give us a clear picture. They give us a clear picture of who God is, His character, His truth, and value. So among the ten commandments. There is one commandment that is the most ignored. It's the, by people. It's the one that properly, uh, that's one of the most dividing commandments, and also one of the two commandments that start with that shall not. That's making it into a positive voice. So I don't know if you can already imagine what we're talking about here. This commandment is what um, most, most people consider as a burden, and will do everything to part with it, to part way with it. But illog- illogically still keeping the non-order. And I'm sure by now you probably already know that I'm talking about the fourth commandment. So let's pray. Because we're going to need some prayer. I'm going to need some prayer. Heavenly Father, let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable into your sight. Father, help us to hear from you today what you have to say about the fourth commandment. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bible, you have your phone, you can turn your Bible to Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11. So let's read. You can use your phone. Feel free. This is a no-shame zone. So, Exodus 20, 8 to 11. It starts, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you should labor and do all your works. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it you should do no work. You, or your son, or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the... Jo- or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is within them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. So as we, as we, go, as we went through this verse, I'm pretty sure that there's many things kind of pop up into this verse. I'm sure that you heard a lot. But as we go through this message, I want you to keep in mind two things. The first one was that the Lord 
bless the Sabbath. No, to keep it holy. And the second one is that the Lord, what is it? What's the second one? Sorry. That he blessed it. So the Lord, to keep the Sabbath holy, and the Lord bless it. So if you know anything about ancient Israel, the fourth commandment was a big deal for them. Like because it literally shaped, it's one of the big parts that shaped the way they live. It literally, like on Saturday, everything shut down, right? So keeping the Sabbath was very important to them because breaking it was literally a capital offense. You would get killed for breaking the fourth commandment. And there was probably only one other commandment in the Bible that would get you killed that should not murder. Like among the Ten Commandments, that was a capital offense. So it was a big deal. So Israel, Israel was supposed to work for six days and on the seventh day, shut down, shut down everything. None of, them, none of them were supposed to do any work. As you see, the previous one, neither the children, the livestock, even the animal was not supposed to do anything. Nobody, the, your employees, anyone, nobody was supposed to do any kind of work on the seventh day. So as you can imagine, that really influenced the way they live. So if you can just think about one day where we shut down everything, we're not supposed to do any work here in America. I can't even imagine a day like that here. But this is a pattern that God himself also model because as we read earlier the bible says that god created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh day so and you know so and i don't think that god rested because he was too tired right <laughs> because he worked too much like man i need a day off man this creating the earth thing was very complicated so yeah let me get a day off but i don't think i don't think that's what it is so an, inter an interesting fact is that, you know, the, when you read the Genesis account, the creation account in Genesis 1, like every creation day starts with the sentence, there was evening and there was morning the first day. There was evening and there was morning the second day. You know, so on and so forth, up to the sixth day. But on the seventh day, interestingly, there is no, there was evening and there was morning. All we, rest, all we read is that God rested and blessed the Sabbath. So you can imagine that this is a big deal. So, but why is that? Because the seventh day, God stepped out of time. You know, God stepped out of time because we don't have any end of the seventh day. So everything that was needed to sustain the universe, as we know it, was created in six days. So the, six, the first six days, the seventh day, he stepped out of time. That's very important. And the Bible says that he delights in his creation. You know? So this is an exceptional day for the Lord. And that's why he instituted the Sabbath to model that so that Israel, uh, the, the Jewish people, can have a taste every second, seventh day of this uh, rest. Just a taste of it. So, so now, and for God, this was very, very important that they obeyed. So let's uh, listen to God's instruction in, in Exodus 31, verse 12 to 17. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between you and me for generations to come. So you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. 
Anyone who desecrates it is to be put to death. Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. For six days, work is to be done, but on the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest. Holy to the Lord, whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and earth, and the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. If you see on this scripture, the Lord said twice that the Sabbath is a sign between him and Israel. Right? A lasting covenant. Twice he says that works was to be done in six days. Twice he said that anyone who violated should be put to death. So every time when God repeats himself, <laughs> I will tell you, especially in a short uh, passage like this, you better pay attention to what he's saying. Every time when he put an emphasis, that means this is a very, very big deal for him. So, and the most beautiful part about it is that the verse ends with, on the seventh day, God rested and was refreshed. So what kind of rest are we talking about here? We're talking about rest from creation work. Everything that needed, like we said earlier, was done in six days. So on the seventh day, he stopped, God stopped, and the Lord in the crea his creation. And so he wanted Israel to do the same thing. Work for six days, and the seventh day, enjoy the fruit of, la of the labor. You follow with me? So, but now, you may ask yourself, like, okay, what kind of work are we talking about here? I mean, is it just going to having a job? Is it just uh, going to work? You know, that's easy to do. Like, hey, we do it here, like, on the sixth day, you know, like, we work, most of us work Monday to Friday, right? And most of us, I say, some of us take their work at home. Some of us, the work never stops, <laughs> right? But most people work Monday to Friday, right? So, but guess what? That is not what they're talking about here. It was every, so li listen to this. According to the Mishnah, which is a book that compiles the Jewish uh, code, there are 39 major categories and hundreds of subcategories of work, of labor, that was not supposed to be done, that was forbidden during the Sabbath. And those labor was based on uh, the tabernacle work, right? the work that was done in the tabernacle while the Israel was in the wilderness. So can you just imagine 39 major and hundreds of subcategories? How are you going to remember all these things? Right? So that is the major, that is where the Sabbath started to become very, very complicated. You know? No wonder why Jesus had to step in and do something about it. You know, Jesus purposely did a bunch of miracles on the Sabbath day. Right? And... Uh, and for that reason, Pharisees wanted to kill him. So I don't think that Jesus did it just because he wanted to defy the Sabbath, but he did it to set the record straight. The Jewish leader had added so many rules to the Sabbath that it, became, it started defying the purpose for which God initially instituted the Sabbath. A couple of weeks ago, I had an uh, opportunity to talk to, uh, to a Jewish Orthodox. So I asked him, you know, how do you, uh, I was curious, I talked to a few of them because I was kind of curious to see how they celebrate the, the, the Sabbath. I talked to a non-Jew Orthodox and I talked to a Jew Orthodox. 
The non-Jewish girl was like, oh, you know, I celebrate whatever I can, you know. It's, not, it's a joke, delight, you know. It was, it was interesting. But what it was the most interesting was the Orthodox Jew. He told me that they still follow the Mosaic laws. So pretty much they still follow whatever we read here in the Ten Commandments, in the, in the book of Exodus. And, uh, for example, you, you can't drive on the Sabbath. They didn't have a car back then, but you can't drive on the Sabbath. You can't even take public transportation. So if you can't drive, you see that you can at least take a public transportation. No, you can't even take public transportation on the Sabbath day. You know, and what really blew my mind, what was surprising was that you can't even turn on a light switch on the Sabbath day. Can you believe that? So I was like, wow. But he said, but guess what? You can open the door. Because I'm like, all right. I'm like, okay, now I'm confused, right? <laughs> I don't see the, the big difference between turning the light on. And uh, I mean, for me, I think that actually opening the door is more work than just flipping on the switch, right? But and so the, the, the funny, the, not funny, the most intriguing part was that if you have a, a door that is, have a light that automatically come on when you, when you open the door, that light has to be disconnected the day before the Sabbath. So that as you open the door, you know, you don't turn on the lights. You know, so I was like, man, technology don't make it easy for you guys. Like, how do you guys, <laughs> how do you guys do this, right? So, so just to give you an idea of some of the things that, that were forbidden even to do during the Sabbath, right? So, but why are the Jews going to this extreme, you know? I guess because they really want to make sure that they kept the Sabbath holy. But in the process, they lost his true meaning. So I'm sure that by now you probably you have plenty of questions like, hey, yes, but what does that have to do with us? How does it relate to us as Christians, right? Are we supposed to observe it like the Jewish people did or what? What's going on here, yes? So... Before we answer those questions, before we tackle those questions, I think a good thing to do would be to define what the Sabbath is. All right? So hang on with me one second. Let's start to define what the Sabbath means. But I'm going to tell you first of all what it doesn't mean. Sabbath doesn't mean Saturday. We got that straight. Okay. However, Sabbath means the Jewish Sabbath. Every time when you read, it means to stop or to cease. The word Sabbath in Jewish is Shabbat. You know, in, in Hebrew is Shabbat. It means to stop or to cease. So every time when you see that word in the Bible, it, remember that it means uh, resting, stopping work or labor. It means a day of rest. So whenever we hear the Sabbath, it's what? A day of rest. Amen. So, it means that we should do all our works in six days, and the seventh day, the Sabbath, the rest. So this is a principle of one in seven. Remember that we're going to talk about this more often, one in seven. So God himself established this pattern. He created the first week. The first week, think about the first week of creation. Six days he worked. And the seventh day he rested. So this is a cycle that God gave to mankind. You know, because he knew that that was the best way for them to enjoy uh, life to the fullest. Get all the work done in six days and rest on the seventh. On the seven. And this cycle 
shaped the world as we, as we know it today, right? There's been many attempts through our history to change the seven, week, uh, seven days a week cycle. Uh, one of them was during the French Revolution. Uh, some, uh, some French revolutionary tried to start a 10-week, a 10-day week. So just imagine how that worked. That did not last too long, you know. So, you know, so, you know since the beginning, that there's no wonder why it didn't work because God knows what is best for us. So he knows how much we can go and what we need. So if God is instituting that, that, that cycle, then that is what has, that's the reason why it's been the cycle that have been uh, used through our history. So God knows best. He knows what is best for us. So if he says, give me one out of seven days, hey, then we better, we better off doing it than not doing it. Amen? So, and I know that this can be very challenging as we live in a very fast-paced, capitalistic society, right? Just like too much going on, the tyranny of the business, in the world, most people have an increasing workload, right? You know, there's a lot of activity, family activity, social engagement, you know, ministry demands, the list goes on and on and on. Everyone is busy, running, 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 overwhelmed, but we can't stop, right? <laughs> So because there's so much to do. But then, then God comes along and says, I need you to give me one day. Then you're like, okay. So now that we have a better understanding of what God is demanding us to do, it was demanding the Israel to do, let's see how that relates to us as Christians. And where does the church stand on this matter? So since the early church, can you believe that this issue has always been a, major, been a source of major conflict? The Sabbath has been, it didn't start today. I'm sure you know about it, you're familiar, but it started since the, the major, I guess who started it? Jesus, <laughs> right? We said earlier that Jesus did a bunch of controversial things in his time. Doing some type of work in the Sabbath, the scripture that we read earlier, you know, where he went and his disciple was picking, was picking stuff in the, in, the, in, the, in the field. Like the Pharisee was like, what, how dare are you? How your disciple can eat and pick some stuff in the Sabbath, right? So there's so many miracles that he did on the Sabbath, healing the lame and doing all those things. And guess what? All those miracles, you know, even cost his life. Because that is the main reason the Jewish wanted to kill him, the Jew religious leader. But Jesus did all this, like I said earlier, not to defy, but to restore the true purpose of the Sabbath. That's why he started that conversation. That's why he started it, right? And he knew that, and then uh, when, they were, when the religious leader was condemning it, just imagine Jesus looking at them and just being sad, like, this is not what I created all this. This is a burden to you now. It's a burden. And so, and they didn't even re realize who was in the midst. And he had to remind them that one great and the Sabbath is here. You know, remind him also then that the son of the Sabbath was created. Because, first of all, one great and the Sabbath is here because Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath. Right? And then he reminded them that uh, the Sabbath was created for men, not men for the Sabbath. 
Because at that point, Sabbath had become for men. So it wasn't a moment of rest anymore, but a big burden. So, as you can imagine, with Jesus starting this, he started creating different, that, was, that led to different beliefs as far as the Sabbath, you know, as far as the Sabbath is concerned, because that was a major piece of, a major part in their life or the, of Jesus' follower at that time, observing the Sabbath, a certain word, Saturday, but Jesus starting that conversation, you know, brought up different types of belief. So while there were different beliefs, all of them still believed that, you know, the Sabbath should be holy, that there should be a Sabbath. But the problem that the Sabbath is a holy day. You know the word holy day? When we get a holy day, holy day, Christmas, Easter, and all this word comes from a holy day. So the Sabbath was a holy day. So this special day, you know, so some believers believe that this special day was supposed to be observed on the seventh day, which was Saturday at the time. Others believe that, uh, just like the Jewish belief, others believe that it should be observed on the Sunday, which was the first day. And others believe that every day is sacred, right? So let's listen to what Paul had to say about this issue in his letter to Christians in Rome. In Romans 14.5, Paul said, One person considers one day more sacred than the other. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Right, so this w one was related to the Sabbath. So Paul, instead of putting this issue to rest, seems like he leave it up to the conscience of the individual. He could have just be like, okay, Sabbath is to be done on Sunday or Saturday, case closed, and continue. But he leave it up to the conscience. But he's saying that you should be, you should be uh, fully convinced in your mind. But how, whatever you do, you must do it unto the Lord not using conscience as, uh, as an excuse for obviously sinful behavior. So it is important to note that he never questioned in this scripture the observance of the Sabbath, but he addressed the day where it is to be observed. Because he understood that the Sabbath rest is critical for healthy spiritual life, and he didn't want this to become, continue to be a source of confusion especially because they had what was called the Judaizer who still wanted the Christian to follow the Mosaic law. So he said this as well, Paul said this as well uh, about the Sabbath to the church in Colossae. Uh, Colossians 2.16 said, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festival, new moon, celebration, or a Sabbath day. So do not let anyone judge you about what? The Sabbath day. That is very that is very clear. Why would he say that if he wasn't if there wasn't a lot of judgment passed around this time? So this advice ring true today because we have certain Christian domination that still believe that if you don't keep the Sabbath on Saturday, you have been deceived and uh, you are probably going to hell. Right, and I can tell you that uh, from this church, I can think of a couple member who are previously part of this church who actually left and joined a seven day, a seven, seven, a, a seven day sabbatical church. 
right? Because they want to keep it on Sunday. Because they watched some video online that said that the Sabbath was the Antichrist end time strategy. So, the, so hey, we got to get our soul. You got to watch what you listen to online. There's a lot of garbage. And those are people that love the Lord, right? But it's so easy. But Paul here said that do not let anyone judge you as far as the Sabbath is concerned. So that's very important that we, as we stand in different places as you regard to Sabbath, because it's such a divided issue that we remember the word of Paul that it's up to the individual conscience. So one of the, so one of the, 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 the church leaders who uh, started bringing more clarity into this issue was, a man that I was the man that I was named after, Ignatius of Antioch. So Ignatius, I, I mean, I'm in yes, but you know, that's the French version. The English version is Ignatius, right? Ignatius of Antioch was the bishop of the church of Antioch. So in the book of Acts, if you remember, the church of Antioch was the church where Christian uh, follower of Jesus were called Christians for the first time. So he was one of the church leaders. So he was an important person. So let's listen to one of his letters to uh, the church, to the Magnesian, where he opposed the Jewish practice of the Sabbath. Let's listen. Let us, no, let us therefore no longer keep the Sabbath after the Jewish manner and rejoice in days of idleness. But let it be one of you, uh, but let every one of you keep the Sabbath after a spiritual manner, rejoicing in meditation on the law, not relaxing of the body, admiring, admiring workmen, uh, the workmanship of God, not eating things prepared the day before, nor using lukewarm drinks and uh, walking within a prescribed space, nor finding delight in dancing or plaudits, which have no sense in them. And after the observance of the Sabbath, let every friend of Christ keep the Lord's Day, a festival, the Resurrection Day, the Queen and Chief of all days. So, and over the century, as different religious leaders start taking a clear stand against the Jewish practice of the Sabbath, Christians start observing Sunday as the day of rest and worship. I just a little bit of background, right? So, however, you would think that this would have been solved by now. That tension still exists even today. So, where does the so what are some of the common uh, sabbatic beliefs out there today? So, when conducting my research, I realized that we could uh, the sabbatic belief could be grouped in two main groups. Right? The first group is composed of the majority of Christians that believe that we should not observe the Sabbath anymore. Right? Unfortunately, most of those Christians in those groups assume their understanding of the Sabbath, and they are unable to articulate their belief. So when asked why they believe so, you know, most of them will not be able to tell you exactly why they believe that or why they don't keep the Sabbath. So some of them might be able to tell you that we don't observe the Sabbath anymore because we are not under the law anymore, but we are under grace now, right? So we are under the new covenant. So, but interestingly, some of these Christians that say that the first commandment, but some of these Christians will say that the first commandment is irrelevant. 
that should have no other God. The second commandment, don't worship any idol. The third one, you know, uh, I can go, the third one is uh, keep the name of the Lord in vain. The fifth one, the sixth one, you know, don't, don't murder, don't cover, don't kill. Like all the nine, they will tell you that those ones are still relevant. So my question is that how are nine still relevant and one is not? You know, either they're all not relevant or they're all relevant, right? How do we differentiate what is, what is and what is not? So that's the first group. The second group, a small number who still believe that we, can, we still need to observe the commandment. And that second group can be divided in three subgroups. The first subgroup, I'll call them the first day Sabbatarian, is composed of Christians who believe in the sacredness of the Sabbath. However, they believe that the Sabbath is to be held on Sunday, that uh, Sunday is the Christian Sabbath, right? So for them, Sunday is the Christian Sabbath because it's the day that Jesus rose from the grave, which signified the beginning of the new covenant. This subgroup also, uh, this subgroup say that Sunday reminds them of the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross to allow believers to enter into God's rest. You know, and also the thing that the first, uh, the first is significant because that is the day. It reminds them of the day of Pentecost, the day when the church, the Christian church, was created. So that's the first group. The second group, the second subgroup, I'll call it the seven-day Sabbatarian. This Christian who believe that Sabbath, these are Christians who believe that Sabbath should be observed on Saturday, right? Like the Jewish following the Mosaic law, and sometimes in the Bible they are referred as the Judaizer. Some of these, some of these people in this subgroup will go to the extreme of believing that anyone who doesn't worship on Saturday uh, is committing a sin. The third group is composed of Christians who believe that the Sabbath is a biblical principle, right? One in seven. That shows us the proper rhythm in life. This subgroup believe that one, the one in seven day principle, they believe that it's based, based on your schedule. You have to pick one day in the week to observe your Sabbath. It doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't have to be Saturday. But based on your schedule, you can pick any day of the week and observe the Sabbath. So let me ask you a question. Did you recognize yourself in any of this group? I mean, I know this is by no means an exhaustive list, right? But I was just trying to capture some of the main beliefs, the main trends that are out there within the, the actual Christian church. My goal today, you know, my goal today is not to tell you who is right or who is wrong. But my goal today is to, number one, to reaffirm that the Sabbath is still relevant today as it was a thousand years ago. No matter where you fall on this spectrum, I beseech you to implement the principle of the Sabbath in your life. Did you know that the Sabbath actually preceded the Ten Commandments? It's very important. The Sabbath goes back to Genesis 2. But before we read even Genesis 2, uh, you know, yeah, it goes back to Genesis 2. The Sabbath day is a creation ordinance. So before we even reach Genesis 2, uh, the, 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 the Ten Commandments was given in, Genesis, in Exodus 20. In Exodus 16, 
we already see in God giving instruction about the Sabbath. So in Genesis 2, God is already talking about the Sabbath, about rest, the seven-day rest. In, Je in Exodus 16, he's giving instruction about the Sabbath. Let's read, uh, if you want to turn your Bible, it's Exodus 16, 28 to 30. It's also on the screen. 28 said, Then the Lord said to Moses, How long would you refuse to keep my commandment and my instruction? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath, that is why the sixth day, that, that is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. So just to give you a little bit of background, so this was in the wilderness where uh, God was providing the manna for them every day. So each day you were supposed to take only the portion for that day. But on the, on the sixth day, uh, because if you took a portion for two days more than you need to take, like the next morning you have maggot and it will rot, it will smell. But literally, but on the sixth day, he allowed them to take a portion for two days. And that was the only day where it did not run. So, and it's in that context that, but some people, as you can imagine, went on the seventh day to try to find some food, right? As you can imagine, like some people try to keep, you know, because, and sometimes when we read that, we're like, come on, man, you see God do all this miracle. You know, why won't you just listen to him? We, we always think that those Israelites are different than us. But I want to I ask you to think about it again. Think about maybe the last time where God did, like you were praying, seeking God, and he did a powerful miracle in your life, you know, and then just for you after to go back to some of the things that you were doing that kept you from being with him, right? Like the, all of us have been there. So when we read them falling and falling in the Old Testament, don't just say that I will never do that. You know, put your name there. And whatever prescription God gives them, apply that in your life. Because we all are sinners. We all are in need of grace and mercy and of a Savior. So, going back to this. 29, God said, bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. This is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. So you see here that God is already, this is Genesis 16, and there's more instruction about the Sabbath, right? That God is already telling them that I've given you the Sabbath. That is before the Decalogue. So the Ten Commandment, the, the uh, Commandment number four, precede the giving of the Ten Commandment in the mountain on, on Mount Sinai. So because that's, this is a creation ordinance. So, and that is what I beseech you again to take, to, to take heed and really uh, look into it. And that's my second goal today, is to prompt you to examine the Scripture for yourself. You know, so that whatever you believe about the Sabbath, be convinced about what you believe. Don't just believe because this is just a tradition, a church that I belong to, and that's why people have been doing. I don't even know why. This is only what we're doing. Go and read the scripture. And like Paul said, like be convinced in your own mind. So, so what happens when you reject the Sabbath? Do you know that there are consequences of rejecting the Sabbath? You know, I won't be talking about, I'm not going to talk about sin or sinful consequence, even though some people believe that there's a sin, there's sinful. So that's another divisive issue, right? But I'm just going to say that even if that was the case, thank God that we have Jesus, 
the Lamb of God who was slain, who died for us, right? So we don't have, you don't have to die anymore if you, don't, if you break the Sabbath, right? So he came and paid it in full, right? So I'm not going to talk about that, you know. But what I'm going to talk about today is the physical consequence for not observing the Sabbath in our life. You know, we know that we live in a modern society that is really busy, 24-7 stores, uh, we have 7-Eleven, we have 24-7 fast food, Walmart, some people work graveyard shift. I mean, it goes on and on and on. With the invention of electricity, television, and smartphone, the fabric of humanity has changed completely. Like you think about it, people before electricity didn't have to face what we did. They would go to bed at 9, 10, there was nothing to do. But now it's like, man, you go to bed at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, you switch on the light, you're good, right? So as a result, we are too busy. We are too busy. We have become too busy. And we have so many activities in our place that, and we can't afford to take a break, right? You know, just for one day. There's just too many things to do. So we juggle between our work, our family activity, you know, kid extracurriculum activity, uh, ministry commitment, financial burden. We have one, two, three jobs for some, right? Like we just got to do what we got to do, right? So we're always busy, always running, always in a hurry. We are restless. And that is bad. That is the society that we live in. I guarantee you, ask anyone that you cross, like, how are you doing? Have you busy? Do you feel busy? Have you been, like, if they, I, I guarantee you to find one person that will tell you that he's not busy, that he hasn't been busy. Like, when you, I, I, like, just, like, for the next two weeks, just ask me, like, hey, you know, how's your schedule? Have you been, have, you have some free time? Yeah. Most people you hear, yeah, they may have some free time, but they'll tell you that I'm busy, for the most part. So, time becomes a very rare commodity. Unfortunately, it becomes impossible to have meaningful relationships with our loved one, to find time to pray, to read our Bible, to fellowship. And even when we want to, we are prisoner of the tyranny of the urgency. Everything becomes urgent. It's only a matter of time until we start feeling really tired. But guess what? We still can't stop even when we're tired, right? Because we just, we trap. We trap into this vortex of busyness. Fear, anxiety, depression starts setting in, right? Uh, become our daily companion, you know? But we still can't stop. We know we need to stop, but we can't stop, you know? And meanwhile, at the same time, you know, uh, there's just so many things to do. So meanwhile, God keeps telling you that, hey, stop. Trust me. Observe my Sabbath. You know, and see how you'll be blessed by it. In that midst, that God keep whispering that to us. So even if your life is not as this crazy as I was describing, I was just going to the extreme, but I think a lot of us actually, our lives look like that, you know. But even if your life is not that crazy, you cannot afford not to observe the proper Sabbath. Because that is just how God created it. That's how God made it. He knows what is best for us. He blessed the Sabbath. He set it apart. That is the only day that God actually blessed. And when we don't observe it, we're missing on the blessing and on, and on, on the blesser. So, 
probably telling that, yes, I get it. Stop beating a dead horse. I got to observe the Sabbath. So now, like, now tell me what I have to do. <laughs> How do I keep the Sabbath holy, right? <laughs> but that is not what I'm going to do. I am not going to, because that was a mistake that the Pharisee did. But I start telling, you know, do this, do that. But what I'm going to do today is to tell you what needs to happen on that day, right? The Sabbath looks different for different people, right? But for everyone should be experiencing the same thing on that day. Thanks to Pastor Galen and Brooke. My family and I last year started, started observing the Sabbath for a while. And we did it for a while. It was good, right? It was a challenge. I guarantee it's not easy. It is a challenge. You really have to go against the current, right? But then life happened. <sighs> Fall to the wayside. And it's been hard to come back <laughs> ever since. But this message prompted me to search to read and to understand the importance of the Sabbath in our life and to try to restore some of those values because we cannot afford to not keep the Sabbath. I am tired right now. And I know I can name you 10,000 things why I'm tired. But the reason is because I don't keep the Sabbath. The main reason, I am sure, because I don't have a day full rest, right? So when you start doing that, protect that day jealously. With all regard, you may think after a while that you may realize after a while that this is the best decision. One of the best, not the best. The best is you becoming a believer. But one of the best decisions that you ever make. Right? So now, before I tell you what needs to happen on that day, let me give you quickly the top five benefits of observing the Sabbath. So number five, I'm going to start by five. The Sabbath is a day of rest. We are human beings with physical body. We can't afford to work 24-7. We're not meant for that. Number four, the Sabbath is a day, it's a day of fellowship. We like man a Christian. We like man a Christian. While we can all have different Sabbath day, the advantage of having a Sunday is that we can all fellowship. We can fellowship all the believers on the same day. You know? Plus it's a reminder of it's a weekly reminder of uh, the resurrection of Christ. Number three. The Sabbath is a time bonding with family. You know, in Exodus 20, you know, God said that even your children, your daughter, your son, your wife, like no one under your influence should be working on that day. So this is the perfect time to have unhurried time with your kid and your spouse to check on the school or your wife's work and to see, you know, how they're doing uh, personally, right? So number two, the Sabbath brings blessing. I'm going to pause on that a little bit because sometimes we, we like, Look, we like blessings, right? We like blessings. But never like the blessing more than the blesser. So well, when you keep the Sabbath, you, you can invoke the for divine intervention of God in your life. You can always come to him and claim the promise that he gave as long as it is according to his will. Let's listen to God's promise in Isaiah 58, verse 13 to 14. So he says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and doing as you please on my holy day. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> right? If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable. And if you honor it by not doing your own, by not going your own way and not doing, and not doing as you please or speaking out of word. Then 
you will delight yourself in the Lord, and I will make you ride on high of land and feed you with the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I know this is a promise for Israel. We don't want to take things out of context, right? But I believe that anyone who observes this would also enjoy these blessings. Because this is, like God said, by observing, this is when you, you'll be able to truly communion with God. You know, and every time when you when you communion with God, it said that you can take pleasure in Him. You know, He said that He will make you succeed when you observe the Sabbath. You know, He said that He will give them. He said that He will give them prominence over the earth. So, so this leads us to the most important, which is number one. The Sabbath is the time that we get to spend with God. Spending time with God will transform you. Unhurried time with God will lead you back to the creation week and remind you that God is our creator and he wants you to develop a strong, he wants to develop a strong, intimate relationship with us. That is the number one benefit of observing the Sabbath, is to have a deeper intimacy with God. So there's four essential elements of the Sabbath. This is what everyone should do on the Sabbath. Number one, on the Sabbath day, we have to stop. Remember, the word Shabbat means to stop or to cease. Number one, you have to stop any work-related activity. As I said earlier, it can be busy to do that in, our, in today's world. You know, with our overwhelming, growing, ever-growing to-do list. But against all common wisdom, God come and say, trust me, stop and trust me. So number two, so the first thing we have to stop on the Sabbath. Number two, on the Sabbath day, we need to rest, right? So as we stop, after we stop, we need physical rest. On that day, you can wake up late, right? You can take a nap if you couldn't afford to have one during the week. Find a quiet place and quiet time to, to be still and relax. No rush. Rest your mind and your body. Number three, on the Sabbath day, we need to delight. This is a day when we intentionally enjoy God's creation. We got to do something that we like, something fun. So if your job, for example, is intellectually... Uh, Challenging, demanding, whatever. Refrain from any intellectual activity on that day. If it's physically challenging or involved, involve a lot of physical stuff, you know, refrain from anything physical that day. Go to a restaurant, go eat, right? Go do something, play with your kids, right? If it's intellectual activity, you know, you want to step away from that, learn how to cook. Go garden, go do something, enjoy that day, right? Do something that will, or read a nice book, you know, whatever you want to do. So that's number three. So number four, on the Sabbath, we need to worship. Number remember, stop, rest, delight, and worship. And worship is the main ingredient. And this echoes the number one benefit of observing the Sabbath that we talked about earlier. 
This is the time when we spend unhurried time with God. You know, we have to stop and rest in God, delight in Him. You know what I mean? We have to, you know, we stop for Him, we rest in Him, we delight in Him on that day. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight in Yahweh, and He will give you your heart desire. So during the Sabbath, you get a chance to do that. The Sabbath is not your day off where you spend the day to fix everything that is broken in your house, you know, or you run all your errands, right? That's not, that's not what it is. There's a difference between your day off and the Sabbath day, right? Because, uh, because on that day of rest and delight, see, on that day, if you only do all those things, even though you rest, even though you take, but if you don't have extended worship time with God, this is not the Sabbath, because the Sabbath is unto the Lord. As our Creator and Father, He knows that without challenging, how challenging it is to hear and connect with Him on the weekly day, on weekly days. He understands, right? So on one hand, it's almost like God is asking you that to, that, that by, to observe the Sabbath. By observe, asking to observe the Sabbath, it's almost like God is asking you, is telling you that, you know, I can take, I can, I can tolerate for you Yo, I can tolerate your 10 to 15 minute drive-by prayer or devotional that you do in the morning when you rush into work or in the evening when you're tired, you're ready to go to bed after a long day of work. He said, I can tolerate that for six days. But on the seventh day, on the day of rest, I want to have a date with you. I want to spend intimate time with you. I want an unhurried time with you, right? I want to be able to, 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 to refresh you and charge you for the following week. And that's what happened on the seventh day. And he's telling you that if you don't do that, my child, life will be a struggle for you. Because I didn't design you to just keep going, going. And you, when observing, on the other end, when you observe the Sabbath, it's almost like you're telling, you're telling God that, God, I believe that and I have faith that I can do. If, if I give you one day, in six days, I can do more work. I can be more productive than I will be if I work for seven straight days. So Sabbath is also a matter of faith, believing that the law would provide. So catch this. The key to the Sabbath is to cultivate a spirit of restfulness, to fight off the spirit of restlessness that is in the world. The key of the Sabbath is to fight off the spirit of restfulness. I mean, it's to cultivate the spirit of restfulness, to fight off the spirit of restlessness that is in the world. As we bring this message to an end, I want to tell you that personally, I strongly believe in the fourth commandment. That I strongly believe that the fourth commandment, just like every other, is still relevant today as it was thousand years ago. And, I, and we thank Jesus who came to abolish the law, not, not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. I'm reminded because this Sabbath and this law became a burden to people. And by fulfilling it, Jesus take away that burden that we have on the Sabbath. So I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians 15, 56, 57 that says, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, 
He gave us victory to Jesus Christ, to Jesus our Lord. I believe that the Sabbath is still that it's, the Sabbath is still uh, a day blessed by God, and it's critical for our physical and spiritual well-being. But not like the Israelites did. It's a day when we stop working, we rest and delight in the Lord, in His creation, by spending extended time with Him to be refreshed in order to be ready to tackle the next week. This is a spiritual discipline that we have to practice. It's not easy, but, and this is also to prepare us to enter into God's full rest. The seventh day that we talked about, that day that never ends. You see, the Sabbath, I'm going to give you an illustration quickly. The Sabbath is like, and there's a parallel between Sabbath and sleep. Your body, you need to sleep to rest. So if you work, if you just, even if you don't work, just keep going for 24, 48 hours and just keep going, you are going to crash. You know, or if you have bad sleeping habits, it's only a matter of time until you're going to start struggling. Your emotional health is going to start, you're going to start to struggle emotionally, physically. Your body's going to start to break down. You know, you're going to start forgetting stuff and being confused, not even reminded because you were not created to just keep going. You need to sleep. When you sleep, you recharge your body, you refresh yourself. So the Sabbath is the same thing as sleep. The Sabbath is the same thing for, the, for your spirit that sleep is for your body. When you observe the Sabbath, you recharge, you stay healthy spiritually. It helps you resist temptation. And it helps you deepen your intimacy with God. So it is just as spiritually, it's just as spiritually dangerous to not observe the Sabbath that is as physically dangerous. Not to sleep for, or have bad sleeping habits. So God wants us to keep the Sabbath holy. And the only, because you know that that's the only sustainable ways for physical and spiritual productive life. And at the same time, he wants us to taste what it means to enter into his rest. A rest richly provided to us by Jesus Christ. Hebrew 4, 8, 11 says, But if Joshua has given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remained then a Sabbath rest. For God's people, and this talks about Christian, not the, not, not the Jewish. There remain, uh, what is it? There remain then a Sabbath rest for God, uh, for the people of God. For whoever enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following the same pattern of disobedience. You see, the Sabbath is a foreshadow of something grander that is to come. When Jesus Christ come back and take his bride and usher her into the full rest of God, you know, where we're going to be able to rest the lights and worship God forever. And I'm going to close with this quote by Dr. Richard Stewenson. He's a medical doctor and an author of the book, Margin. Restoring emotional, physical, financial, and time reserved to overload lives. And he said the following. Life is a journey. It is not a race. Do yourself a favor. Slow down. 
God never intended for time to oppress us and dictate our every move. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for your word. Your word that is refreshing to our soul, God. Thank you for instilling this rhythm that you want us to follow after. Giving us a way for us to recharge ourselves. Making yourself available to communion with us for you who have a deeper, deeper, deeper intimacy with you. So I pray today, Lord, that as we speak this word, that it will not just be something that we will hear, but that you give us the strength to try to apply this in our life. I pray, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that if anyone here uh, doesn't even know how to get rest, or doesn't have rest, or doesn't, is not a believer, because the first rest starts with Jesus. Lord, I pray, O oh God, that you speak to their heart, so that the King of all glory will be able to give that such a person uh, rest eternal life. I also pray, O oh Lord, that you help us, help us as Christians to enter into your rest, unto your weekly rest. And as we look forward to your full rest, to enter that day that never ends, that day of delight and worship, where we work is not going to be a burden anymore, but work will become something that we delight in, Father God. So we look forward to that day when we can be with you and fellowship with you forever. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. If you have been blessed by this message, please let us know. Now go and live a new life.